0: Hello, welcome back to Cultivating Connections. I am your host, Rory. And I'm Ryan. And we wanted to let you guys know that we have started a video series on YouTube called Candid Conversations.
1: We just recorded our first video last night. It's a great conversation and we hope you listen and enjoy it.
0: You can check that out on our YouTube page, Cultivating Connections. Now, here we go. Back to our episode. Thanks for listening.
1: Thinking about how our relationship was in high school, or what I thought about you in high school, it brings a lot of shame. It's like, I feel more shame about the way I thought about you in high school than I do from that moment where you first overdosed.
0: What did you think about me in high school?
1: Well, in high school, I just hated being compared to you. I hated that everyone would come up to me and tell me, Oh, Rory did this. I remember specifically the first time I was in eighth grade, I think seventh grade, maybe someone came up to me and was like, your brother smokes weed and I was like what the hell (laughs) well first of all like you're telling me that to kind of make me to manipulate me into into, like liking my brother less and the second thing is like I don't care you know It, it doesn't I don't want that shit to like affect me but all throughout high school I was always compared to you And people would be like, oh, you're more this than your brother, more, less this. And I hated it. And, like, the biggest shame that I ever felt was imagining what my life would be like without you. Like, I remember specifically thinking, like, envisioning a world where you weren't my brother, you weren't alive, and I was just life was easy and simple and no one compared me to you and life was all better and like of course that was just like my naive young mind trying to envision a world better than me and it was also that victim mentality of like oh I'm a my problems are all because of my brother
0: so you felt that and
1: I mean obviously I didn't feel that in the moment when you overdosed but
0: uh, yeah, clearly it had an effect. Well, you I th- know, I think that I may have picked up on that. I yeah, think, I, think, I think
1: so too. I think, I think you were questioning the same thing. Maybe they would be better off without me. And you were, you know, willing to sacrifice yourself if that was true. And that, when you overdosed, that was like the test. You know, it was like. I, after that moment, I never envisioned my life without you. I never I never thought it would be better without you. I knew that my life would have been, if you would have died there, I would have been destroyed, and life would have been terrible. I mean, life would have not been what it is now, and I can't imagine a different life. But, but that was like the test, you know, and it showed me, like, it was a way for you to kind of show me, I guess, that we're better together and and throughout all of that it's crazy that you still like believed in me the whole time even when I didn't believe in you you know but I never felt like you ever didn't believe in me you know and and it took a long time you know but like, we wouldn't be here without the the belief you had in me and the, eventually the belief I had in you, you know? Because I did believe that you could overcome your addiction to heroin. I knew you could. But, I mean, I think the biggest thing was, in a way, me accepting my responsibility in your addiction and not putting it on you as this is your problem and you're the source of all these bad things, you know? But I contributed... To your addiction, just like you contributed it to it as well. Yeah,
0: I mean, I
1: mean think about it in, in in this way: like if if you didn't get addicted to drugs, then you wouldn't have gotten. I wouldn't have been able to help you get clean. We wouldn't have been able to do this thing that we're doing now, and we wouldn't really have a path. You know,
0: it's like a wake up call, I guess. Um, but you were we were so young at that point that we. Like maybe.
1: I mean, I didn't understand any of this conceptually. Uh, literally, the only thing I thought was, I don't know what to do. My friend's in the car waiting for me. That's what I should do.
0: <laughs> right. And what about that time that you were just telling me about when uh, I got into that very nearly fatal car accident, Well, which, I, was, I, which was literally that accident was like two months after Hunter had committed suicide, and I was at a party, and I was really feeling a lot of things from his uh, his suicide and I remember actually it was at the third party I was at that night and I was there for I think four hours I remember the first 10 maybe 15 minutes I don't remember really much else of the night but you got a call
1: from well I, I remember this just like a couple of days ago because I I thought of how similar it was to the call that you received when Hunter passed away And how my reaction was very similar. I remember your friend who was at the party called me and said, Rory's been in a car accident. And I was just like, okay. And he was trying to tell me the significance of it. And he was like, it's really bad. And I was just like, okay. And then he was like, he may be dead or paralyzed. And I was just like, okay. Like, I don't, I didn't know what was expected of me. Right. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So it, it really just didn't have much effect on me at all. Like all of that was just filtered out and it was just...
0: Well, maybe it did have an effect, but it was... Yeah. Of, well, I mean... Or, or immediately suppressed.
1: Yeah. That's, like the only thing I really registered was just the logistic aspects of, oh, he's been in a car crash. Okay, he's in the hospital. Okay, let's go see him. You know, yeah. it wasn't any of the the emotional
0: I used to aspect tell, of it. I used it. to tell people that Hunter's suicide didn't affect me. Um, and I really believed that. I said... It's not affecting me because I wouldn't allow it to um, consciously affect yeah, me.
1: But it subconscious, would... subconsciously it was wreaking havoc.
0: Oh, my God, yeah. And looking back at it, it's the most significant thing of my life. One of.
1: Yeah. And these experiences I'm telling you about are the most significant ones of my life. Like, I've never allowed myself to feel such shame and guilt. But I remember, you know, back when I was in high school and I, em- I envisioned life without you, I've never felt much more shame in my life. Like in those moments, I felt such like such a bad person. Like, why? What a, what kind of brother am I to envision a world without my brother?
0: Well, I mean, you were the youngest, si- you were the youngest of all of us uh, siblings. So, I mean, I can I can understand that. Like, what are you to do? You know, it it, it really wasn't really your issue, Ryan. It was, I mean. <clears throat> it was a collective issue you know like the, the drugs and all in my opinion i i feel like it was more ex, more external factors rather than just it was never my relationship with you i mean i guess that played into it as well but
1: i mean it's interesting cuz like yeah i felt more shame than i've ever felt in those moments but i didn't back then i didn't really shy away from it you know i allowed myself to feel it And I think that had an effect on me later on because I remember when I was struggling with depression, like a huge motivating factor was that you were struggling with addiction. And I knew the root of these things were, you know, not separate issues. I knew if I could help myself, find a way to help myself, I could potentially find a way to help you too. And that way was simply what we're doing now, which is connecting to our past emotions, repressed emotions, you know, expressing them. I mean, the psychedelic, that's what the psychedelics did, you know. It just opened the the floodgates and let those things out and showed us the power of it.
0: I was just talking to somebody last night about their experience with um, Ibogaine, which is a psychedelic. He said that, he, somebody told him an, an analogy was the psychedelic will bring you to the top floor of, a, of an elevator of like human consciousness at least it can or if you're lucky I guess um, but as soon as you com- come down from the psychedelic experience you're brought right back down to the ground and it's left for you to pick up kind of kind of climb the, the elevator over time and um, I can relate to that in the sense that when I was on the psychedelic, I felt connected to everything. I felt so connected, but then I came back down, and I'm searching: how can I get that connection? How can I get that that unity, that fullness um, from that? And I'm realizing the best, the only way to do it is to connect and express emotions and feelings, and um, in a cathartic way that we can both that you know that I it brings some resolve to past issues. Yeah, Um, I I guess that's what we're doing on Sundays, and what we're doing here. And I've had so much support from people that I haven't talked to in years. Um, Yeah, and so much support from the Reddit community, and
1: yeah, I mean, people.
0: What I'm trying to say is, when I was on the psychedelic, I felt very connected, and I was able to have this review of my life and. Then you come off of it, and it's like, okay, now what do I do to get those connections again? To me, I know I we we throw the term connection around a lot, but almost everyone I've talked to about their psychedelic experiences talks about how important connection is.
1: Yeah, and the path to connection is vulnerability and openness. That's how you have to trust. Right. And Hon- honesty. Yeah.
0: Which is was always the hardest thing for me. I'd and and this
1: experience has showed us definitively. That, I mean, the biggest fear is being open and being rejected. And this experience, I mean, I don't think anyone has come out and said like, and just been like mean or or, or whatever. And just almost everyone who I've talked to understands that, you know, sharing these perspectives is difficult and they respect that. And I mean, I appreciate it so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's one of my biggest fears too. Is is somebody being uh, super critical of what I'm doing, um, and if that happens, that's part of the process. But
1: yeah, just accept it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. You know, what's what's the alternative? Go back to my lifestyle before where I was killing myself and and negatively impacting relationships around me and my whole community. You know, I... I it's just I'm not... I, I know better now. It's like I've seen the light in a way. It's like I've seen... My I can, I can behave one way or the other and I know where that one behavior leads and it leads to death and... Just a whole mess of ugly... Emotions and and leaving everyone else to, to pick pick up the pieces. Um, well,
1: ultimately, we just want to show people that openly expressing your emotions and being vulnerable is uh, is valuable, unbelievably valuable, you know. And we want to provide a platform where people can do that. You
0: yeah, know? and I've had people reach out to me telling me that they want to talk about their experience after hearing us talk and you know in my opinion that's 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 the uh, depending on how much you're willing to you know invest in that it's it's like the ultimate to me in my life it's the philosopher's stone like being able to... It's like that one thing that allows you to move on from things is expressing and just conversing about trauma and shame and guilt. Yeah. So like my gratefulness for people tuning in and listening and and the support that I've received and I know Ryan has received um, is tremendous and I it brings me to. Tears like I don't have words for how grateful that feeling is from you guys, from everyone, it's not, you know, it's from everyone.